0: Welcome everyone to the Heat Assist Podcast. My name is Steven and tonight I'm joined by David as we cover the Miami Heat and some general news that's going on in the NBA. Uh, today we have a special special episode being that it's uh, this past weekend has been all about Dwayne Wade as he is being retired by the Miami Heat. But first we're going to cover the Heat's first two game post-All-Star game. And that includes a game versus the Hawks, and then a game versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so first we're gonna start off with the Atlanta Hawks game where they did travel to Atlanta to play their last game for the road trip. Uh, This is the first game after the All-Star break, as I mentioned. And unfortunately, the Heat did not come off with a win. Mm -hmm. It was a very close contested game. It came down to the wire, actually. Very last few plays of the game made a big, big impact that eventually caused the demise of the Miami Heat. And I'm going to let David take it off and talk a little bit about what really happened in the game.
1: Yes, thanks, Stephen. I'm sure people have known, seen from the highlights, but this was the game that uh, Trey Young basically blew up career-high 50 points against the Miami Heat following up his uh, infamous performance last time the two teams met where Trey Young... Prematurely said it was over in the fourth quarter but this time he actually finished it and contribute to a definite victory over miami um miami continuous home struggle i'm sorry not home struggle the road they can't win on the road even against 15 and 41 Atlanta hawks a team that's not good at not good three-point shooting team but in this game the hawks and just the same story, and as in previous games, the opponent is allowed to sh- to get off a lot of three pointers. The Heat, uh, the Hawks shot forty five percent from three pointer, sixteen out of thirty five, including eight by Trey Young. I thought it was rather impressive what he did this game. Miami threw everything. <laughs> you know, they started out with Kendrick Nunn guarding uh, Trey Young, and he got he Trey Young got Kendrick Nunn and Dre Crowder in foul trouble as. Trey Young went to the line 19 times and made 18 of them. I would say in the third quarter, they switched it up a bit by having Andre Iguodala try to guard Trey Young. Well, I guess, oh, Derek Jones Jr. in the third quarter is trying to guard Trey Young. But it doesn't matter who they threw at him. And it was in the fourth quarter where they finally put Andre Iguodala. And also switching off when they run when the Hawks run pick and roll. The Heat would switch off with Bam. But it, it doesn't matter if it's either Andre Iguodala or... Bama Bile or Kendrick Nunn or Derrick mm-hmm. Jones Jr. Nobody could guard Trey Young this night. He mm-hmm. was, he was driving into the lane, hitting floaters, hitting layups, getting a free throw line, hitting three pointers from the logo. Yeah, the, he tried unstoppable. everything. <laughs> unstoppable. He tried everything, but but used Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler to guard him. Right. <laughs> it,
0: it's funny you mentioned that because the one play that I remember from that game, I think in the third quarter, Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. actually ended up guarding. Trey Young and he had a successful stop against Trey Young. I don't think uh, Eric Spoelstra wanted him to guard Trey Young just because, you know, Jimmy Butler usually has the love to carry the heat in the offensive end, which unfortunately he did not have a great night. That's part of the reason why the Heat lost. They just didn't have a good offensive night. So Jimmy Butler scored 17 points, but on 33% shooting. Uh, that's six out of 18 shots. He only tried one three-pointer and he missed. But he did do pretty well as far as distributing the ball. had nine assists, eight rebounds, one block, two steals, and two turnovers. Uh, Even though his shot wasn't going in, he he was pretty impactful in the game. He had a plus 14, plus and minus. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's what I like about Jimmy Butler. Even if he's not shooting well, the buckets aren't going in for him. He can still contribute and help the team win. I do wish that if we really wanted to win that game which we should have that mentality mm-hmm. jimmy buller is our best defender
1: yeah, he and he's guarding trey young right
0: <laughs> I, yeah because trey young was just torching everyone like that was a play where in the fourth quarter where andre gadala was i mean he was like several feet away from trey young and so mm-hmm. but he was still kind of guarding him at, in a sense like in alert mode because Trey Young is just too fast for him, so he needed right. to have the little least way of space and still had to come in fully on defense to be able to keep up with him. So he did a little juke left and right, shake and bake, and he just <laughs> torched his ankles and just popped up real quick for, for the three-pointer and, and made it. And he was just having those that kind of night, shooting multiple 30-feet three-point shots, mm-hmm. going, going in easy. And like David said, there was one, one shot where he made it from the logo, in the in the half court logo, and it's hard to contain any player that's having that kind of shooting.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but I do want to point out that you know the Heat just has been doing really really bad overall on the on the road in the past in the previous four road losses. Uh, the Heat allowed 116 points, 49 mm. percent field goal percentage uh, from the other team. The three point field goal percentage for the opponents was at 43 percent you know it's just a constant theme in this past road trip where the heat cannot they have no control with the perimeter defense and i think it's just a personnel it's, it's not that they're not trying to play defense mm-hmm. they just don't have the personnel now people are thinking that jake crowder and a dollar are meant to be a solution to that problem yes and no it really depends on how who exactly is making those three pointers when the guards are the issue? In other words, when the guards of the opposite team are just superior, faster, stronger than our guards, there's no one to contain them. Um, it just completely collapse- collapses defense, and then it's it just becomes a huge scramble for the Heat to ever be able to contest the three pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I noticed a lot is that as much as Jay Crowder and Andre Gadala, you know, they're known to be good defenders, they just couldn't keep up with the younger, faster players. Like even uh, DeAndre Hunter was getting in the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Trey Young getting to the basket. Cam Radish was getting to the basket. And even Jeff Teague, who was, you know, a pretty seasoned veteran, he was getting in the basket pretty well. And it just. It was a common theme where they just attack the basket, and if defense collapses and stops that penetration, someone's open on the three-point line. And unlike most other games, it really didn't. Re- uh, the Heat didn't go to their usual zone defense. It was mm-hmm. they pretty much try to play the whole game man-to-man defense, and um, it still were having issues on the defensive end. So um, it's a little unsettling. Especially since, as we get to the playoffs, we're gonna have much higher quality uh, matchups, and uh, if we can't control the the opponent's uh, field goal percentage in any sort of way, I it's gonna be hard to see the 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 Heat going on a a shooting spree. You know, see who scores the most. The Heat, uh, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't think they're very very equipped to be able to outshoot an opponent that against any of the other playoff teams. So.
1: I will say, despite everything you say, it's definitely true. Um, despite all the struggles, with one minute left in the fourth quarter, they were still tied 124-124. Mm-hmm. And I think that he just choked in that last minute. They they did everything they can to not yeah. win. Um, a <laughs> well, minute left, Goran Dragic had the ball. It was a heat possession. And Cam Reddish just poked the ball out of... Goran Dragic's hand and went in for a dunk and then on the next play they gave the ball to Jimmy Butler down two and he did a step back three I mean he should be the last person to do that, that type of play or that type of shot you know Jimmy Butler is clutch in those minutes you guys still take a high percentage shot Jimmy Butler I, I mentioned this in the podcast he only had two three points the whole month of January this three-point shot is it left him he doesn't have that in him anymore I and then crucial turnovers, not only by Goran Dragic, but Mbama Abayo as well. It was tough plays. I don't blame him, but he had two turnovers also in that last minute of the game. And you got to credit the Atlanta Hawks for their tough defense in, in forcing those turnovers. But the Heat, they had the chance to win it. They blew it.
0: Mm-hmm. The Heat, actually, you know, if you look at the box score, you see the mm-hmm. stats. If you look at the percentage their field goal percentage, he really weren't equipped to win that game. They shot a very low percentage, shot 41 percentage overall, 30% from three-point line, whereas the Hawks shot 48 percent overall and 46% from a three-point line. And I think the only thing that really gave him a chance, what I'm saying is what gave the Heat a chance in that game was that they out-rebounded the, the Hawks 51-41 to 41, mm. uh, with 15 offensive rebounds by the Heat largely thanks to uh bam on the bottle's great performance he had 28 points 9 out of 20 and 19 rebounds overall five offensive rebounds seven assists three steals and one block so bam had a pretty good night a lot of his production came in the fourth quarter that's uh what kind of allowed the heat to stay Mm -hmm. in the moment until the very few last plays where (laughs) last few minutes where he did have some very crucial turnovers but Going back yeah, just to, to touch yeah.
1: up on that, in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, Bam was 5 for 7, 13 points and 5 rebounds. Mm-hmm. And nine minutes to play in that fourth quarter. So definitely the best player in that fourth quarter.
0: Oh, yeah. He stepped up big, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. It's just those crunch moments. Yeah, they're, He's young. Yeah, It's one of those things he'll get better at, avoiding those those turnovers at the those high, high, high crucial moments in the game. Mm-hmm. What, what I wanted to touch up on is that it came down to the very last few plays in the heat were in the game. I just feel like it shouldn't be like that just because of the quality of opponent that the Hawks are. They're right. just not a good team and they're nope. not a good defensive team. Right. They play no, no defense <laughs> and it's hard to watch them. It's, watch, it's hard to watch the heat struggle against a team that they technically they're more talented than a better coach, but it, comes down to matchups, I believe. The, yeah, they, and I would just, say
1: the mm-hmm. one person who took advantage of the poor defensive uh, matchup was Kendrick Nunn. Trey Young is not known for his defense, and he took full yeah. advantage of that. The problem is he got in foul trouble trying mm-hmm. to guard Trey Young. So but Kendrick and Nunn finally showing a good game. Finally, right? Right, finally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so looking at his five row games. During this road trip, he was at a minus 71 overall. Mm-hmm. But in this game, he didn't have as many opportunities, and which he couldn't because he was in foul trouble, like David said. But he was pretty efficient. He made 14 points, five out of eight, field goal percentage, and an overall plus eleven plus minus on 23 minutes of play. So pretty efficient, pretty solid. Obviously, he was playing. He was trying to play hard defense on Trium. It's just that he kept getting on foul trouble. And a lot of it was just him trying to keep up with Trey Young's quickness, uh, mm-hmm. trying to pass through screens. Trey Young doing his uh, drives and then sudden stop and uh, pop-ups. Kendrick then <laughs> just couldn't keep up with the uh, change of speed that Trey Young was offering throughout the entire game. But uh, overall, so
1: hard to guard him. Like you have to yeah. guard him close. You can't give him any space, but that gives him a lot of room to drive in. It's just. Him, Damian Lillard, Stephen Curry, they're top guard.
0: The one thing I want to note though is that Trey Young I think has the best offensive rating in the NBA right now, but he also has the worst defensive rating in the NBA. (laughs) And so, if he is the advantage for the Hawks, he's also their disadvantage. And Mm -hmm. I think it should have been an urgency for the heat to isolate him on defensive plays and make him a liability mm-hmm. or at least, you know, rough him up a little bit, make him um, feel the heat. No pun intended as mm-hmm. far as a uh, him play on a defensive end. Uh, I mean, watching him play defense on some uh, quote unquote contested shots that he mm-hmm. tries to contest. He barely raises his hands on most of his uh, contestants. You know, he just, mm-hmm. he's not there. And I, there were a couple of times where I felt uh, the, you know, the guard should have posted him up somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really take try to take advantage of that. Overall, disappointing, I would say. Even though it was a close game, it's tough to see that there's a very glaring hole in the Heat's defensive schemes. And as we get to the playoffs, we're going to have some more stronger teams to play against where we're not going to have a rebound advantage over mm-hmm. and then teams that we won't be able to match up on the backcourt or the frontcourt and so it's starting to starting to get a little worried as to how far to be able to get to the into the playoffs even though it's still kind of early but
1: i i agree that's why i think they try to get they try to get um andre iguodala and jay crowder to try to mitigate that but when it comes to these quick guards, that's not their strength.
0: Nothing, yeah. We, <laughs> there we have nothing for that. Absolutely yeah.
1: nothing. Well, that's troubling.
0: I'm thinking of playing against Ben Simmons. Yeah, he was pretty uh-huh. big and strong. But then you could put a dollar, but he's pretty quick and strong. Although, just wow. so we had side- James
1: Johnson guarding him, but not anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, some sideline news since we're on the since I kind of brought it up randomly, but uh. Ben Simmons is, uh, he's going to have an MRI on his small, on his back. Ooh. So uh, he's been having back issues. While we are on the uh, random NBA news,
1: <laughs>
0: uh, just a little quick update about Tyler Hero and Myers Leonard, they're both still, they both didn't play mm-hmm. in, this, in these past two games. So they're still out with their ankle injuries.
1: I mean, the Heat are pretty tight lip about their injuries.
0: Which they should be. hmm I, I agree. like don't don't let expectations don't let informations become expectations and then have the outside influence or pressure the team into making a decision about their players actually getting mm-hmm. into the court. So I agree with that. Do you have anything else to add about the Hawks game, David?
1: Just that it was the first appearance of Solomon Hill, or at least the first time I see him. Yeah
0: like, <laughs> he did all right, you know. I,
1: he was hustling on defense. I'll give him that.
0: He made a three pointer.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was okay. But just one other thing is just Andre Igadala. I do worry about him. He had eight points in this game, but all of it was in the fourth quarter. He didn't score until the fourth quarter. And, you know, he couldn't contain Trey Young. Though I don't think that's fair. Right. Right. he did have.
0: A minus 33 for the whole game <laughs> I think he was a negative every time he went into the court which is not just his fault right you it's know? not
1: his fault but I think it has to do with just he, has, he offers no spacing no offensive input it just makes it harder for yeah, no, no offensive pressure yeah
0: and just to illustrate David's point he was one for five from the three-point line yes he did have two blocks and one steal which also, is, one
1: for three from the free throw.
0: Yeah, can't even I mean, get to the form line. It's looks
1: so bad. <laughs> his free throw form, I'm like, oh, I can see why he always misses it.
0: And if we want to think about it on the bright side, still relatively early in his season. It's his third or fourth or fifth game into mm-hmm. the season. So he's still technically not in shape. Mm-hmm. We'll give him a little bit more time.
1: I mean, he's been disruptive in defense, like in the passing lanes. Mm-hmm. and like, he gets steals he still he can knock the ball out of defenders he he's still very smart defensively he knows he has good basketball iq and it definitely i think without it it would be even worse i mean you don't see it in the box score but he definitely holds his own on the defensive end uh just see he i just see him disrupt opposing teams offense just smart plays he makes
0: yeah hopefully Spoelstra will be able to figure out how to compensate for his lack of offensive pressure right with different lineups, I think they're still kind of experimenting.
1: It was encouraging in the fourth quarter. He was their second best offensive player he you know he has seven points in the fourth quarter, three or five uh field goals attempts, mm-hmm. so you know, like you say he's a clutch person, you trust him in the closing moments at least he he put up in the fourth quarter,
0: yes. I do want to point out that uh, part of the shooting woes that the Heat had was you know, it wasn't just uh Andre Godala but also Duncan Robinson. He went one for eight from the three point mm-hmm. line. And I think he and the I hate saying it like this, but him and um Kevin Hewitt from the Hawks were going at it. It was an interesting matchup between the two. But Kevin got the better of the matchup I would say. Yes. Not by much. I think Kevin Huter scored 17 points, three for eight from the three-point line, seven of 16 field goal percentage overall. And Duncan Robinson went four out of 12 overall,
1: with mm. 10 points. Yes, that's not gonna get it done Just I feel like Kevin Herter was attacking Duncan Robinson in their matchup. But... Yeah, they were trying. <laughs> he was trying. Yeah. I,
0: I did notice that uh, Duncan Robinson would always, you know, the very next play try to go back at him. (laughs) It didn't really go too well, but I thought that was an interesting matchup. I do want to mention also that I did like seeing um, Cam Radish play. Mm. Um, I didn't really know too much about him from college, uh, except that he was a three-point specialist. Uh, Mm. That game in particular with the Heat and the Hawks, he didn't shoot very well from the three-point line. He went one for five but he is pretty uh he's pretty long, tall and athletic. He's playing uh good defense. He's trying on defense and I think uh, every time he hit the floor, he is rather impactful I thought.
1: I mean, I think it's very insightful that you see him in the in the tie game In mm-hmm. one minute left. He's mm-hmm. on the court. He's in the starting lineup and he's and he had yep. that he had that great steal off of Goran Dragić. Yes. That put them up by two. That broke the tie. And basically put them up for good.
0: He clutched the game for them. Yeah. I also wanted to mention DeAndre Hunter, who played pretty well for the Hawks. He went 7 for 12 and scored 17 points. He had the uh, biggest plus and minus for the Hawks that game. Hmm. And uh, he's known to be a defensive specialist. But his offensive game is coming up pretty well for a rookie. I think it's going to be a solid pick. Because uh, as Benny, offensive Powers offensive options the Hawks have. You know, DeAndre DeAndre Hunter being able to play defense and having that uh, offensive game develop as it has throughout this first year of his career. It's been pretty positive for, for him. The Hawks have a very promising young core. Trey Young, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. It will be interesting to see how the Hawks develop in the next couple of years. I really, really want to see how Capella fits in with them. I think he'll fit really well, playing with Trey Young and John Collins, being able to set picks, do the pick and roll with Trey Young, kicking out to either John Collins or any other players. I think it'll be a very formidable uh, lineup to play against. The Hawks is going to have to figure out who to complement the the starting lineup with some very, very strong, or at least some very solid role players in, in the bench. Jeff Teague is definitely a good player to have in the bench. I'm just not sure if he's gonna be able to stay there mm-hmm. but um, it's interesting. I just want to point out before the season started. I felt that the Hawks had the potential to be one of the sleepers, but <laughs> it didn't quite turn out that way. It might happen next year. <laughs> uh, We'll see what kind of uh changes they make to the roster, adding some more.
1: they have some Sally cap. Where they have some money to spend next year so one of the few teams with money for free agents
0: yeah if they it adds some nice bench players that can complement or at least play defense to complement all that offensive the, the the offensive prowess that the hawks have i think it'll be interesting next year so we're going to move on and talk to you guys about the cavaliers game where it actually went pretty well for the heat
1: for sure Uh,
0: funny enough it's against a team that had the same score as the hawks 15 (laughs) 41
1: yeah yeah Uh,
0: completely different story though (laughs) yeah i I mean
1: after seeing the after watching that heat game you against the hawks you'd be like the hawks are not 15 and 41 they don't have the same records as the cleveland cavaliers how are they how did I be losing so badly? But, man, I don't know. I guess they're just not a good matchup for the Heat. But against this Cleveland Cavaliers game, I mean, Miami just came out firing on all cylinders. They just could not miss in the first quarter. The Cleveland Cavaliers are really bad. They allow a lot of three-pointers, and it showed. Jimmy Butler did not start this game. He he was out for personal reasons, and, um, yeah, that's interesting. Just because also it's the night that we hang out the ringway or we retire his jersey on the mm-hmm. halftime show. So, I mean, hopefully he comes back soon. So, Kaelin Lennox started in his place and him, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn just they just bombed away on the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first quarter. I think they, especially Kendrick Nunn, he really took advantage of Darius Garland. Him and Colin Saxton are... They do not close out well on the perimeter. They There's no communication on the Cavaliers' defense. I mean, he would just run some simple screens, and they'll find themselves wide open and targeting Car- Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, just targeting those two. They need to be more vocal. They need to... Man, I, I could see why the Cavaliers are not a good team if these are supposed to be the stars of your team. I mean, they're very good offensive players, but they really need to pick it up on defense uh they look lost out there and he took full advantage
0: and by advantage this is gonna <laughs> kind of make it a little bit more detailed to those people that weren't able to actually watch the game overall the heat scored on 57 percent field goal percentage mm-hmm. and 48 percent from the three-point line and pretty much every single starter scored at least 13 points Derek jones jr was the only one with 13 points but everyone had double digit points seven of the miami heats player had double digit points mm-hmm. and on a very high clip and i think they scored 81 points in the first half yes and just ended the game right there and then
1: yeah they were up 30 points <laughs> by the half time and i was like kelly Olynyk came out firing he was he was a perfect 4 out of 4 in the first quarter. 3 out of 3 from 3 points. Hmm. 11 points in just one quarter. Like, he had 17 oh man, I points never overall. See him that good. i never seen him that good. It's oh. a
0: perfect matchup, I guess. I mean, if you guys haven't seen a bad team play, it's surprising that the Hawks have the same score. Uh, they seem like very two different teams. I agree. It's mind-boggling.
1: The Hawks do not look like a 16 and 41 team. They look like least a 500 team like, after seeing them play against the heat they should definitely have a better record i just don't understand
0: uh, it's very curious to see that the heat are able to take advantage of the the Cavs, but not the hawks and but i like we touched on a little bit before is the matchups just didn't really it didn't would, work for the heat against i would the say
1: hawks. the hawks play like a team the cavaliers not play like a team
0: oh especially after all the the locker room troubles they've been having <laughs> Yeah they have really no leadership. I don't think anyone's stepping up to kind of control the the, the locker room.
1: And just Andre Drum looked look lost out there. He only uh,
0: played 23 minutes... 25 minutes, sorry. 25 minutes as the star of the team. Kevin Love didn't even play. He didn't even dress up to play.
1: <laughs>
0: so, I mean, what... I, it was just puzzling. I mean, we could go on and on talking about the Cavs and how bad they are. They have literally nothing going for them i can't really see any one of these players eventually growing into something that they can have a positive outlook for like before lebron came in at least they had Kyrie, who put up a lot of points be a spectacle you know put on a show and he he was a very popular player they were pretty bad back then pretty much just as they are now but they have nothing to look forward now at all and they have almost no assets you know that post lebron effect the post lebron effect is just is at its peak right now
1: i see the potential in colin sexton and darius garland they they had okay offensive games they really need to work on their defense they need a good head coach that could teach them some just how to play team defense as well and just you need to communicate. You need to call out the screens. You need to like. You need to be talking. You need to be vocal. They're just lip playing their own game on defense. <laughs>
0: it's pretty pretty bad. If you guys want to see uh, how a team play who should not play defense, <laughs> definitely uh, check this game out with the Cavaliers. It's pretty pretty bad.
1: It was pretty much over at halftime, and 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 that. Udonis Haslam got me. Got nine minutes. Got to play nine minutes in this game. He shot to. He shot the air out of the ball and he missed all his shots. But, I mean, it looks like he was having fun out there. Just <laughs> <laughs> he even shot two three, three pointers. So,
0: it's good to see. I, this is not
1: real. I mean, I don't really have much. This I don't really have much more to say because, I don't. This is not a real team. You can't really give too much credit to the Heat. Yeah. Well, what can you really, really take from this? Team.
0: There's not much to take from this game. Like it, it's just a win. You can't really put it in perspective until other games.
1: Yeah, this um, was not a test for the Heat. What's the best thing is they play again on tomorrow. Tomorrow night they play again. So hopefully it could continue. <laughs> yeah,
0: they try. They're, they're going to go to Cleveland. Might be a little bit tougher, but should expect yeah. the same results.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I expect Duncan Robinson to just blow up. He's always a monster against Cleveland. I think he had his career. He made like 10 threes last time they played against each other. So, I mean, if they played more minutes, I think I'm pretty sure Duncan Robinson, or the game was closer, Duncan Robinson would have had more points.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had 19 points in this game 7 for 12 overall, 5 for 10 from three.
1: Big props to Kendrick Nunn. The best game of the year for him. (laughs)
0: Which is Absolutely. positive. Two positive yeah. games for him. Yeah, yes. finally, finally looks like he's getting over his slump.
1: Well, two positive games against really bad defending defending teams. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> at I'll least take it. at least he took advantage. Yes, at least he took advantage of it.
0: Get his confidence going again. Get get him in rhythm. I think it'll be good yeah. for him. And he would have another game tomorrow. So, get <laughs> 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 more confidence. Okay. There's not really much to say about the this Cavs game, you know, blew out by the Heat by the Heat.
1: Yeah, I so, just um, I don't want to give them too much credit. This is this is not. This Cavaliers team is not a real not a test. Yeah, it's not a test. You can't really take too much from their from the Heat performance in that they make good plays and they can make open threes. That's that's really good to know. But you cannot leave these Heat players open for like a second.
0: It'll make you pay. We'll move on. Uh, just a quick note, like we just mentioned, the Heat are going to play the Cavs tomorrow in Cleveland. So if you want to watch that game, be sure to check it. Uh, but right now, we're going to move on and talk about Dwayne Wade's retirement ceremony. Mm-hmm. It went on for three days, and it's been ongoing this weekend. Um, and if you guys want to get a really an inside look into Dwayne Wade's um, playing career, they're going to show a documentary on ESPN, and it looks to be really insightful into his personal life throughout his playing career oh, and should be a good interesting watch so check it out i think it's tonight at 9 p.m eastern time on espn but uh we're gonna go ahead uh, and talk about the ceremony uh that he retired his jersey so number three will never be worn by any other player for the miami heat
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh i'll let david take over
1: yeah just the whole ceremony you said it was three days long, but throughout the ceremony, they even had the mayor of Miami came out and gave Dwayne Wade the key to the city to show how important he was. And just, you know, Pat Riley and all the former he players, like, such as Alonzo Mourning and all his former teammates, you know, they all spoke nicely about Dwayne Wade and shared their memories with him. Uh, I, I also like how they had measures, uh, messages from other players, such as Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony just congratulating Dwayne Wade. And it was just nice during the halftime show. Pat Riley invited his whole family, Gabriel Union and his children, Dwayne Wade's children, to come up and uh, pull the strings to to lift his jersey onto the rafters. That's just a great gesture. What a great night for Dwayne Wade. And I love how throughout the whole ceremony, they they show their three championship trophy Mm -hmm. on stage everywhere. And I think it's so symbolic because... Dwayne anyway, Wade, you know, they retired his number, number three. And they have three championship trophies right behind him. All Always throughout him. him. Yeah, throughout the whole ceremony, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great.
0: If you guys, for the younger fans listening to this, you guys have to watch the 2006 NBA Finals, where he really came out as a superstar, took over the series in a unbelievable, unbelievable series by, you know, this young kid who... I mean, he's, he was like on his third or fourth year, pretty new in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And just dominated the game against the prime, Dirk Nowinski, a much better, or so people thought, a much better, better Dallas Mavericks, who was younger, more athletic, and the Heat were just a bunch of old players trying to, yeah. you know, get some playing time. He had some really hey, like...
1: Gary Payton, Antron Walker, yep, Jason uh, Williams. Jason Williams, yeah. <laughs> And, and um, just to set set the stage, the Heat were down two 0 into that into mm-hmm. that finals. They were down two games to nothing, and in that third game in the third quarter, they were also losing. So it looked like it looked like everything was going to fall apart for the Heat. But then Dwayne Way stepped it up in that third quarter and just closed out that game and closed out the whole series because the Heat did not lose again in that yep. final series.
0: That third game, the last two quarters of that game is a must-watch. It was just insane. And that solidified his career. From that point on, he was a defined superstar for the rest of his career. And another thing to point out is that even though we know all about his wins, uh, how he carried the Heat and helped carry the Heat when LeBron got in, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Heat had some really bad times, too. And especially sure. since um, after He won the first championship, and you know, we contributed a lot of assets to make that team up with Shaq getting Shaq into the heat, right? And getting all those Mm -hmm. veterans to contribute to the championship. The he had they were going through a tough rebuild time, and it was also during the time during that time that Dwayne was going through uh, he was playing really well, but eventually ran into some uh, into some injuries. Mm -hmm. But it's very what I remember most about him during that time, which was tough for Heat fans, um, was that he, as as well as Dwayne Wade was playing, um, he wasn't doing too well. But he was always a great leader, a great locker room guy. You never really put, saw him in a bad light, in a sense that he always, you could always see that he had the team. You know, he always had his teammates' support. He always supported them, and he didn't really put too much emphasis on the wins and losses because he understood that you know keeping the locker room together was more important than making a big scene and trying to point out why they're losing. Um, I guess it's a conscious of what we see in the NBA today. We see like a, a bad few spells for from certain teams, and then someone's calling, you know, someone from the team's calling someone else out in the team. And I always admired Dwayne Wade because he was such a, uh, I felt like he was a very good leader for, for, for the Heat. And you could also see the mature, matureness that, he had when LeBron came in, mm-hmm. you know, he was willing to step aside and be second fiddle to a player who, you know, we, we can all concede LeBron was much better than Dwayne Wade, given his talents and physical attributes. But, you know, Dwayne Wade was the person that, that had been playing for the Heat his whole, for the Heat his whole career. And he, you know, he didn't have to, but he was willing to do yeah. it for the betterment of the team.
1: Yeah, except that one season, we went to the Bulls because they couldn't. Him and Pat Riley were arguing over his contract. Yeah,
0: hey, <laughs> I understand where he came from. <laughs> uh, but in the end, he got to finish the career with the Heat. As a Heat fan, since you know, I since I was like uh, in elementary school, mm. you know, D- Dwayne Wade's probably the most prominent figure I I, I remember for the Heat. It's mm. just what he was able to accomplish, but what he stood for as far as being a Heat member for life, you know, always kind of putting the team first. Yeah, yeah great memories, man. So many yeah. big wins, so many great performances, like the the Anderson Varejao dunk like, <laughs> back when LeBron was still at Cleveland. Um, he had some nasty dunks throughout his careers, man. It was great.
1: It was, it was fun watching Prime during Wade. He was unstoppable. He, look, he could just drive it, and, you know, he, so it. He carried his traditional, you know, his nickname, Flash. He definitely earned it.
0: There's one thing that people don't won't really see. I guess casual fans won't see. It's just how, how much of a present he had not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. He's mm-hmm. one of those players that understands the flow of the game, and he really understands when he can make a very good, impactful defensive play take the risk and get a nice steal to change the the pace of the game. I think even two years ago when the Heat made the playoffs against the Philadelphia 76ers, I think that first game, like, he literally took over the last few plays of the game to give the Heat a win in Philadelphia. And and that was like, he was way past his prime, right? This is like just right before yeah. he retired. But he just took over the game on the defensive end and on the offensive end. But he just kind of knows when he needs to step up and when he can start, like, exposing his little bags of tricks and get a steal here, uh, force a turnover there,
1: and he just... He is, just to, uh, just to compliment your accolades about doing his defense, he has the most blocks by guard in NBA history. Ever. Ever. Yes. Ever. Passing Michael Jordan. I mean, blocks is not always indicative of a good defense, but to have that much by a guard is... A guard. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Guards don't usually go for blocks, right. like period, right? <laughs> they're, they're just not, they don't, they're not supposed to do that. But you always see Dwayne Wake coming off of the help defense
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just smothering, jumping as high as possible and going for that wild, wild block. And, you know, most of the, a lot of the times he was successful, just very explosive athletic, but he didn't just use it on the offensive end. He used it very well on the defensive end and uh, a lot mm-hmm. of. Uh, a, a good representation of that that that, that Heat toughness on, on defense.
1: I agree. I think my memories of Dwayne Wade just started with his very first year in Miami. I wanted the Heat to draft LeBron James. I mean, it wasn't a choice, but I wanted LeBron James i like hoping that we win the pin-pin ball lottery to, and get that first pick to get LeBron James. but <laughs> And then I also want to come around Anthony if, if, if uh, <laughs> LeBron James is gone. But yeah, I'm so glad Pat Riley made the smart choice. It was a very controversial choice uh, at that time. Uh, the mm. story was he wanted to pick Chris Kamen in that draft because the Heat was wow. center. But he was asking, um I guess, Gauss, who... Who saw Dwayne Wade played? He's he was asking his scouting staff who should he pick up Chris Kamen or Dwayne Wade. And even though there was a lot of issues with Dwayne Wade, you know, he had no shot, he had knee injuries, knee concern injuries. I I, I don't know if it was a gout or his former coach, but the the person said this player, Dwayne Wade, has the chance to become a superstar. And that's what convinced uh, Pat White to draft Dwayne Wade over Chris Kamen.
0: Wow, yeah. I didn't know about the whole Chris Kamen story. That's yeah, we, we well the head
1: a center. And Chris Kamen he was a good center. I mean that one. not
0: Yeah, he was decent. I mean, <laughs> in his prime he was pretty Yeah, he was. It was double, I think
1: he double, was actually. almost all star,
0: right? Did he make the All Star in his prime? I
1: yeah, I think so. I mean he was pretty good. He was pretty yeah. good.
0: But well, it's just... just such a contrast from Dwayne Wade's career. Man, what a what a pick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, and just that in his rookie year, they had that young team. They had uh, Lamar Odom, Kwon Butler, and uh, Dwayne Wade leading that team to the playoffs. And I was like, wow, this is great. You know, he had a losing record the year before. So just seeing this youth movement happening with the Miami Heat, with their rookie, Dwayne Wade leading them, was just like a great time to to be a Heat fan. You know, renewing your interest in the Heat. And that's why I was kind of sad with the very next year, Pat Riley traded Cronk Butler and Amar Odomway to get back Shaq. It worked out because it got them the championship eventually. But it was sad to see that young team so full of potential. But Dwayne Wade did need Shaq to win that that 2006 championship. And just just to tie into your dark times about, you know, after that 06 championship, the Heat definitely struggled, especially with injuries. and. I, I don't remember which year it was, but Dwayne Wade had a season-ending uh, shoulder injury. Shoulder, yeah. Yeah, and the Heat basically just tanked that season because they were decimated by injuries. They traded away Shaq for Sean Marion and just tanked for that season to get the number two pick. So they get the luxury to draft Michael Beasley. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, <laughs> like, that was dark times indeed for the Heat. right?
0: That was that, that that whole draft was so. I was like, I was so hopeful for Beasley because he was a beast, in know, in yes, college. He
1: was a beast in college, yes.
0: Man, Ooh, I was actually like super excited that they got Beasley. <laughs> I was excited for the chance to get Derrick Rose. Yeah, because that's I my number Derrick one. Rose. But the fact that Beasley was the number two option, I thought like, hey, that's great, and it, it will fit well with Dwayne Wade because Beasley was like a power forward, small forward kind of player. Mm-hmm. And it would fit well with Dwayne Way being a shooting guard, but we all know how that turned out. Yeah.
1: yeah. But Pat Riley said after drafting Dwayne Way, we went to five NBA finals and won three of them. That's no coincidence. Dwayne Way basically recruited LeBron James and Chris Bosch for us. During that season, when we had that blockbuster free agent season, when we became the Heatles, that was all due to Dwayne Wade. Just his connection, his superstar status. That's why we always want a superstar. We know how they could influence other stars to come and play. Mm-hmm. Just like that was a historical moment for the Heat. And Dwayne Wade was part of all of it.
0: It's all thanks to him.
1: Yeah. It really was. And I mentioned this, the dark time, another dark time when he became a free agent. And, you know, he wasn't as good as he was before. He wanted, <laughs> you know, he wanted to be the highest play, paid player on the team because he was never the highest paid player. And, you know, it didn't work out. He won that Kobe treatment where the Lakers, even though they were tanking and losing, they gave him a ridiculous contract, too. <laughs> yeah that was that was sad to see him go yeah it was just weird seeing him in chicago in another jersey and then and seeing in him leave Cleveland. Cleveland. yeah that yeah, was, that was, even, was oh, super weird that was even worse. <laughs> but i would say that made it more memorable for him to come back to heat yes. and just finish his career yes. and, and at least he got to lead him to the playoffs too against the 76ers or he had that one monster game the only game they won against the 76ers oh yeah of- yeah it-
0: great 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 player all-time great i you know you could put him as one of the best shooting guards of all time mm-hmm. but got the heat three championships literally got the heat three championships well on that note i'm gonna remind you guys to uh keep celebrating what Dwayne Wade has done for the heat for the city of miami we had the espn has a documentary coming up tonight at 9 p.m today mm-hmm. tonight's um February 23rd on a Sunday hopefully if you get this in time check it out Uh, but other than that do you have anything to add David
1: for the next two games I'm hoping that he could win once again they play Cleveland tomorrow and then they play against the Timberwolves and that looks to be in Miami so hopefully when we talk again on Wednesday it'll be we talking well I guess we won't talk about the Timberwolves because it's on Wednesday but uh, hopefully the Heat will be on a winning streak next time we meet. A
0: winning streak over <laughs> two games played against the same team. <laughs> hey,
1: they haven't won two games in a row in a long time.
0: Okay? <laughs> oh man, I I really hope the Heat win in Cleveland. Yeah. I just hope they can figure it out. Hopefully, yeah, use that as a good way to take win.
1: advantage of this easy schedule. Yeah.
0: Oh man, and. Philadelphia just lost against the Bucks, so we got a little a leeway little oh, yeah. from that.
1: That's right. So the Heat, are, as of today or tonight, there are 1.5 games ahead of the Philadelphia 76ers. But they after the loss to the Hawks, they were actually half a game above 76ers. You know what I mean? It's, it's close. <laughs> like I mentioned last week, the Sixers have the second easiest schedule the rest of the season. I could definitely see 76ers overtaking the Heat you know if Mm -hmm. the heat continue to play like how they've been playing
0: yeah yeah absolutely all right guys on behalf of the heat assist crew my name is steven that was david and we'll see you next time on another episode take care